Welcome to the Impact Multiplier CEO Podcast. If you're a chief executive, or if you think like one, and you want to create exponentially greater impact, then this show is for you. My name is Richard Metcalf, founder of X Quadrant. I coach some of the most successful and impressive CEOs and executive teams on the planet and help them achieve extraordinary results. And no matter how successful you've been in the past, there's always a whole new level of impact available to you. So if you're ready to play a bigger game than ever before, I invite you to join us and become an Impact Multiplier CEO. What do you do when your leadership team is skirting over the bold conversations? What do you do when there's an elephant in the room? Welcome to Season 3, Episode 5 of the Impact Multiplier CEO Podcast. I'm Davina Stanley, and as always, I'm here with Richard Medcalf to discuss exactly this question. Hi, Richard. How are you today? Hi, Davina. I am, I am well. Um, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Um, bold conversations, right? That's... Uh... It's, uh, it's an interesting one, right? For somebody who's like me, who's pretty outspoken, um, some, you know, I tend to be the person in a meeting that will, <laughs> that will probably say too much sometimes. Um, but I know that many teams, uh, even if they like each other and get on with each other, uh, often when, when I ask them about what's really going on, they'll kind of say there are conversations which should be being had and that are not being had. Um, and I think those things often hold teams back. So I'm going to be excited to get into that with you today and, and explore what that looks like. Fantastic. No, well, look, let's jump in. It's such a, it's such a great topic. And as you're speaking, I can picture it happening in, in so many situations that I'm in too. So I've got a question for you. Aren't leadership teams full of high performers with big egos who are more than happy to have frank discussions? Well, they, yeah, I mean, that's a stereotype, right, that um, that we kind of imagine about the high-powered leaders, you know, wading in with their kind of uh, bazookas over their shoulders, waiting to kind of hold forth on all their subjects. Um, and of course, there are leaders like that. But actually, many leadership teams, there's a variety of personalities, probably as you would expect, Hope you know, you've got more technical experts, you've got more flamboyant characters, quiet personalities, and so forth. But um, But this is not about personality. Um, and uh, as I said, there's plenty of teams, you know, who, um, who are even pretty happy to argue about different business decisions and have, you know, very clear technical debates, for example, right, about various issues, but still are not addressing uh, the, the sticky hot topics together. This might be the, you know, the underperformance of one of the team um the inappropriate behavior toxic behavior of somebody else the fact that two people have a really really difficult stony relationship uh, or perhaps there's a big strategic issue that's just never getting addressed everyone's just focused on all the operational things um and not working on those those big looming um events on the horizon or perhaps it's just an operational mess that people just have kind of skirting around because it's, there's a bit of blame being thrown around and so forth. And so some subjects do get attended to, and perhaps those frank discussions are had, but other conversations are not focused on and not attended to. And I think that's the issue that comes up when people say to me, look, you know, we're not really being courageous 
in our conversations. Right. Okay. And it's it's difficult to be courageous, isn't it? Particularly or courageous about everything. Um, so if they're not addressing these um, thorny topics, what can you do? How can you actually sort that out? So I think the fundamental thing here is to really um, break down this idea of what's the problem we're trying to solve? Because, you know, we're not having bold conversations. We're not being courageous enough. It's one of these very vague comments, in fact, right? And, you know, like probably every, you know, like on any human relationship, right? We're probably not having all the conversations we could be having, whether it's with our spouse or our kids or our boss or our team, right? So I did we need to- think it was sounding like a family when you were describing it before. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. So you can, everyone can apply this tonight around the dinner table. Um, uh, and actually, thinking about it, these points will apply. Um, the, the, so the first one is really what I call business questions, which is really like, they're not actually inherently thorny in a way. It's just that they're not being addressed. So they're important questions, but somehow they're not being addressed. And, and often that's a very simple um, uh, practical logistical issue do we actually have the right forum to really address this question? So, for example, many teams, leadership teams will, you know, there'll be an occasional subject that keeps coming up, like, oh, you know, how are we going to improve our market attractiveness? Or, you know, we need to kind of attract more people into this business or whatever it is. And, but you're doing it in the middle of like an operational tactical meeting. And so you haven't really got the time to really sit down and really think it through and and find a, a satisfactory answer and a strategy. So often teams are mixing all these things. So I say there's operational tactical issues. So that's like, you know, how are we going to solve the, you know, the, um, you know, this IT system issue that's happened or this customer's, you know, throwing their hands up in the air and, and screaming at us, what are we going to do? So. You need forums for that. You need forums for more of the strategic discussions where you're going to take one or two big issues and focus on those. And possibly you also need to say, well, where do we also treat questions about how we operate as a team? Um, which often doesn't get happened. So often when I'm working on coaching leadership teams, that, that becomes that forum. We, stop, we step back from the tasks uh, and think about how we're doing this. What are the behaviors? Are we happy about how we're operating? Uh, doesn't have to be using a, a team coach, but it is a great way of doing it. But there are other ways. But the question is, do you actually have a forum where you can actually talk about this? Because frankly, you're probably not going to bring up the fact that, you know, Jim and Bob uh, have a really toxic relationship in the middle of your operational meeting where you've got a packed agenda. So the first one is, if it's a business kind of question or, um, you know, do you even just have the right forum to bring it up? Right, sure. So you've got a range of different things and right thing in right place, if you like. Right right topic, right time, if you like. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, the first thing is just like, is there an obvious point where we're going to have this discussion? Um, mm. um, you know, it's uh, the thing that just jumps to mind. It's a bit like a couple agreeing to have a date night. You know, it's, it allows them to actually go and, you know, talk about each other rather than talking about family logistics. Um, yes. And on say on a business team level, it might be okay. You know, we need to have our team. You know, we need to have a team offsite because there are issues we need to talk about. We don't get to do in the day to day. 
So that's so you're thinking that so I've interrupted you. My apologies. You're thinking no. you're drawing a correlation between your your date night and your team offsite. <laughs> I'm interested in the correlation. The, the correlate the correlation it, it it's just that um, you create a specific forum for a particular kind of discussion. Simple as that, right? Um, um, yeah, the context is going to determine the content that we that we that we talk about. So I think that's the first one: is just thinking about do I have the right forum for this? The second point is really okay. So what about if these are really questions about behaviour and about accountability? Um, one of the issues teams struggle with is you know there's this bad behaviour and it's being tolerated nobody's speaking up that's a classic kind of conversation that doesn't happen this person over here they're very successful perhaps on the numbers but they're toxic and they're going to damage this organization if they keep going the way they're going um how do you deal with that um so i think the first thing i want to say here is um you need to set expectations up front so i'll give you a, a little story um I um, I was running a team event, and um, at the very start, I said, look, how do we want to be in this meeting today? What are the rules we want to set ourselves in terms of creating an effective meeting for everybody? And so we whiteboarded a few things. And a lot of some of these were very, very simple, like turn up on time, you know, phones away, be present, listen to, you know, listen to what other people are saying and let them speak, you know, and really hear what, what, what their point of view is. It's kind of basic stuff. Um, we wrote it on the board and then we continued with, with the day and about an hour or two later, I noticed that one of the leaders, one of the technical leaders was um, on his phone while somebody else was actually, um, we were going around the table one-on-one -on -one, asking everybody to speak up and give their sense about the particular issues facing the business. And this was really a key moment to be focusing on practicing listening in, hearing your colleague, being present. And this technical leader was on his phone. So I um, stopped things and I turned to him and said, look, um, yeah, Simon, I, uh, I noticed, you know, is there a problem? He looked at me, what do you mean? Well, I noticed that you're on your phone. Is there like a big emergency? You know, perhaps you need to step outside and, and deal with that for a few minutes. No, 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 it's okay. I was just dealing with, you know, dealing with something, just an email. And so I turned to the board and pointed, look, we said, you know, we all agreed. We all put our hands up on each point to explicitly validate that we totally agreed and bought into each point. And we all said all of these points that we agreed with, right? Um, no phones, being present and here listening, uh, to really understand our colleague's perspective. And here you have a colleague who is um, telling you their perspective and you're on your phone. Now that was a pretty, it's quite a challenging thing to say to a client, right? Um, yes. And, but I was able to do it. And obviously I had the entire team support and people came up to me afterwards saying, thank you so much. That's exactly what we need. You know, we, we need to deal with these things. Um, but the reason I could do that was that we had agreed up front together. If I had just stopped and said, hey, Simon, you know, you're on your phone. This is, you know, this is an important workshop. Can you put it away? I had just come across as a jerk. Like he'd have been, well, you know, screw you. You don't know what 
what business issues I've got. You know, uh, you don't know my sense of priorities. You don't, why, why should this meeting be the most important thing in my life right now? Okay, so you can have all sorts of good reasons not to, you know, to reject what I'm saying. And I wouldn't have had much authority or legitimacy to really challenge him. And I think often because we were relying on unspoken understandings in business, we find it really hard to challenge uh, behaviors. But if we've all actually signed up to something, if we've all really specifically you know, put our hands up, you know, signed our names, really said, I, I'm signing up to this. Now you have a solid platform where as a leader, you can say, look, you know, we all agreed that we would, you know, focus on the business and not our own division. And here you are, you know, really um, showing, this is a classic case of where you've optimized your division, you've not optimized the business. You know, what are we going to do about that? You can then go in, um, or, you know, this is a classic case of, you know, we said we would, even if we didn't agree with a decision is in, a, in the business, we will totally support that decision and we'll be one face to the whole organization. And yet here's a classic example where actually you agreed in the meeting and then you went out and you undermined the decision. Because you've agreed it up front, it becomes much easier to, to bring people face to face with that point. Like a contract. It's a contract, exactly. isn't it? Mm-hmm. No, I can see that working really well. You've got one more thing? Yeah. Three I, things? Yeah, of course. I always have three things. Um, one day I'm going to surprise you and have four, or even go for two, which would be kind of radical, you know. Um, but so, yeah, the first one was really about the logistics. The second one was really around um, setting clear uh, expectations to allow us to challenge inappropriate behaviors. Um, and I think the third one is probably the, the, the thorniest one, and we can probably do a whole episode on it at some point, but it's around what happens when these are, when the issues are actually quite difficult to address. So can people feel that they can be vulnerable in this team? Can they actually admit they don't have all the answers? that they failed, that they tried something that didn't work, that, um, that, that they're uncertain. Um, in other words, you know, are we able to actually come and almost ask our colleagues for support uh, rather than for judgment <laughs> on these points and grow as a team? And I think on this one, what I'm gonna say is, um, really adopting this mindset of curiosity is important. So this is all about psychological safety, right? Do people feel that they can come and share and not have it used against them? Can they be a bit vulnerable? Um, but this idea of, so if you can actually get curious as a team when people bring bad news, challenges, um, so rather than directly solving the problem for them, or telling them basically, well, you know, you're a fool if you can't do this, this is what you need to do. Uh, you know, assume that there's a whole lot of issues there and get curious and switch into coaching mode. So really asking them, so I'm interested, you know, what you know, what things have you tried? You know, why is this proving a problem? You know, what's the what have we learned from this? Again, helping perhaps switch into learning mode. Because if the team decides to use this as a way to learn um, and draw out what we need to be doing as a team rather than passing judgment, then the team's going to get better. That's about trust as well, isn't it? Safe, your psychological safety, I guess, is the term term that you used. Yeah, it, it, it's about trust. And, and there's two sorts of trust, right? There's, there is a trust of, well, I trust you to do your job. 
but then there's a trust of well i trust you not to um not to treat what i'm going to say as a weapon against me which is a very much bigger form of trust don't you think it's a very personal form of trust because the, the degree of vulnerability is so much greater isn't it yeah exactly mm. and and so mm. the question is what is uh, what happens what has happened in the team when people have brought brought these more personal or just just these challenges to the team when people are not turning up as the all conquering leader what happens when they bring uh something they're struggling with they're uncertain with having difficulty with um what's their experience and i think off, it's really hard as a leader for us to see this because we think oh well yeah they, they brought it to us and i think you know we all gave them a load of good ideas and you know we were supportive but getting a load of good ideas on a subject you've been thinking about for a long time might well just come across as everyone else thinks you're a fool for not solving this by now and actually they don't have all the details that you have so i think as a team really learning to switch into curiosity mode and learning mode rather than just directly into well let me solve your problem is is uh is is really is really important and it's difficult right that's often where teams need coaching is to help them actually understand what the default patterns of behavior are but if that's coming up if that's an issue for you if you see people aren't really bringing the deeper challenges to the table then i think there's a question to say what am i what environment have i created in this team because people just respond to the environments that we create for them i mean that is leadership absolutely no i think that's a really excellent point and as you speak as as always i can always picture examples in my own world too where where these kinds of issues are at play and and this idea of vulnerability and and trust i think is just so so very important there um so do you have anything to add to wrap that up? Um, well, I think on, on that one, um, the thing that came to mind is, you know, we can see this playing out in really in family situations as well, right? It's like, you know, your, your kid says that they're uh, having difficulty, um, you know, with um, getting their homework in on time. You know, and immediately as parents, we often go into problem solving mode and tell them, well, you need you need to basically, you know, organize your work like this. Why don't you do it on the bus? Blah, 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 blah. Um, and yeah, that can provide some input. Sometimes people need just some some new ideas. But often, you know, if we actually stopped and said, OK, what's 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 getting in the way? What's stopping you? Helping them solve those problems. It's going to stick. And then they'll be more likely to bring the next issue to you <laughs> uh, yes. when they're stuck in their next subject. Uh, and it's a similar thing. Um, but one very practical thing you can do, um, you know, is actually ask people um, to say, well, what are the elephants in the room? What are we not discussing? Where, where do you see as a team that we're not putting our attention? What are the conversations we need to be having? And it literally, if you just ask people to give you, you know, to give you a piece of paper with a conversation topic on, I think you'll find there'll suddenly be a whole raft of really rich discussions. You could do it anonymously. You could literally say at the end of a meeting, hey, spend one minute writing out a conversation, stick it in the middle of the table, and I'll have a look at them afterwards and use those to structure our next offsite, for example. That's just a simple way to actually bring the attention onto those topics. And it might be that you don't even talk about the topics. You talk about why we don't talk about these topics. 
Very good. A, me- a meta discussion. Yes. Okay. Look, I think that's that's a great thing to do. Um, I think it's a great point to end, actually, because it's such a practical thing that people can go and, and do straight away. So, um, look, next time we'll look for other co- another common issue which CEOs and they have with their leadership teams, and that is when 20% of the people dominate 80% of the of the airtime. It's such a common thing. You've already alluded to that today. And I think you've got lots more good ideas for that, haven't you, next time? Well, to be honest, Davina, um, I, you know, hands up, I'm one of those people, right, as you've probably noticed. <laughs> but when I get going on an idea, I'm quite happy to dominate 80% of the airtime. So after my hand up, you know, I'm one of those people. Um, the, the challenge, of course, is that um, we all have our um bias on this one we're either one of the 20 percent or actually we're one of the 80 percent right who don't speak up as much and both sides have got something to learn from that I think you can change though I think it depends sometimes I find myself being in the 20 percent very much but other times I'm in the 80 so I Mm. think it depends a little bit on the situation as well so I don't think you need to beat yourself up quite that much I'm sure you listen (laughs) plenty I'm sure you listen plenty I'm just gonna lay I'm gonna lay back actually but I think we can use this podcast as my own personal therapy session now about you can see I've got some issues here myself fantastic well look that's that's a great place to wrap so look as ever everybody you can find our show notes for this episode at xquadrant.com slash season three episode five and if you'd like to look at any of our previous episodes um, season by season go to xquadrant.com slash podcast thanks so much for everyone being here today and richard's got something else he wants to grab another minute of airtime come on i'm sorry i wanted to give you my final word and that can be the really final word um which is just a nice way when we thinking about this level of discussion that the team's having. Here's a little metric you can think about. How often do you get your own way in a team discussion? Because if you get your own way in a team discussion, there's all the time, pretty much, there's a high chance that there's many discussions that are not being put in front of you. There you go. Too easy. Too easy, it seems. Yeah, so... Let's leave that one there. Uh, have a think about that. How often do you get your own way in your leadership team meetings? And perhaps you need to get your own way a little bit less in order to really get all those conversations um, going. That's it for me. And um, thanks, Steph, for another great episode. Pleasure. Thank you, Richard. Lovely to be with you. Goodbye now. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Now let's talk about you. When you're in top leadership, when you're in the biggest role of your career, Who supports you at a deep level as you lead others? Who helps you multiply your impact and get to the next level? If you're ready to learn more about our content, our coaching, and our community, then visit us at xquadrant.com.